0: Hi, on this episode of Me, You, and Who, I got a chance to speak with Leslie Murphy. She is a licensed clinical social worker with over 30 years of experience. Um, She is trained in all aspects of psychotherapy, but Leslie has a unique specialization in women's health, including infertility, reproductive loss family building iris pregnancy postpartum disorders um, etc and she is actually someone who i work with as a coordinator um, and i was also lucky enough to um, have her be the psychologist who did my evaluation when i was a surrogate um it was a joy to talk with Leslie. Um, we, in this episode, we got a lot into the social, the psychological evaluation, that step um, that's really whenever you are moving forward with a gestational carrier. Um, So it was just a true joy speaking with Leslie and it was so fun to get her perspective and um, hear about just the importance of mental health when you are moving forward in this. So please enjoy Leslie Murphy. Me, you, and who? Who knew it would take more than two people to have a baby? In a world where infertility is no longer a taboo topic, this podcast will take you through all the different aspects of surrogacy and egg donation through the lens of many who walk this journey in different ways. My name is Whitney Hall, and I am a two-time surrogate, now turned surrogacy coordinator for Egg Donor and Surrogate Solutions, the very agency I used when I chose to carry for two amazing families. With this podcast, it is our goal to help guide and support you as you learn about what it takes to grow a family in an alternative way, as well as hear inspiring and beautiful stories of how this path has changed lives forever. We can't wait for you to hear about just one more way happy families are created every day. You gorgeous angel, Leslie Murphy. Oh my gosh. You know how much I love and adore you. You have been a psychotherapist and a director at it is now Memorial Wellness yes. and Counseling yes. here in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. What um and you well you specialize in reproductive health. So what exactly does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, <laughs> that's
1: a great question. Um, well, it really falls under just the whole idea of of women's health, yeah. and so it's just more of a specialization, reproductive health, meaning more inclusive of infertility, pregnancy loss, high-risk pregnancy, postpartum, all of that, mm-hmm. and so there is a specialty through ASRM, which is the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, Right. there is this amazing group um, called the Mental Health Professional Group, and it's such a great connection every year at conferences but that we have evolved or they've evolved gosh over the last um 20 years and there's now actually um in services and um education specifically for therapists to participate in so that they kind of meet the criteria to serve as a reproductive health counselor
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: okay so what exactly, I mean, when you first went
0: on the journey of wanting to become a psychologist, yes. what drew you to women's health?
1: So, um, gosh, that's a good question. So I worked primarily, I started off doing a lot of grief and loss, and I okay. worked at Baptist Hospital. I worked at MD Anderson, I worked at Baptist Hospital, and then I made a switch, and then Ended up at women's hospital. Mm -hmm. Had no idea, truly, just the passion that I had then for working with mamas and babies and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, it was just kind of a universe thing. It was just perfect timing. Um, And I'll date myself (laughs) back in the late 90s. Um, And being at a women's hospital was such a great. Kind of stepping stone to get into more of the specialty because you're working with all of it. You're working with everything from teen moms to adoption to um, you know uh, fetal demises, full term to miscarriage to termination to um, just all of it. And so you're seeing all walks of life, all different areas of for women that are affected in so many ways. And so just really having a passion for that and Mm -hmm. loving that Mm -hmm. um and then I shared openly that uh, my husband and I have our own fertility journey Mm -hmm. and during that time feeling somewhat alone and isolated and um really looking back after we finally were successful and thinking I want to do that for someone I want to be that person or provide that support and so I went back to one of the fertility clinics and met with them and we came up with this great proposal and then I became kind of their point person and started doing, um, you know, again, reproductive health. Sure. So I'm a clinical social worker and, um, and psychotherapist. And so I do everything from stress management to grief and loss, to help with decision making. Uh, some conflict resolution especially with couples who are trying to make that decision. Yeah. Um and then that also moves into the area of course with fertility and a third party. So yeah. of course, of um, uh-huh. sperm donation, egg donation, embryo donation and of course surrogacy. Sure. Yeah, sure. How has
0: so you dated yourself?
1: I a... How... <laughs> you dated yeah. yourself. A
0: little bit, a little bit. How has the world of all of that changed from Way back way going back That's to it. not way back, back not back. way back yeah. but i mean how i mean you've been in it for you know a period of time yeah. and every i mean just the world of infertility has evolved so much since. then so, so
1: much so
0: i mean oh my gosh so oh my how was it the
1: biggest change which i foresee is very positive is just the openness of people sure the fact that we're doing a podcast on this the fact that people are talking the fact that there's so much on the internet and social media and how open people are with their stories yeah i think that has been the biggest change and has been a blessing to so many because they don't feel so alone um and and so i think that part has been the biggest change mm-hmm. and just more of an acceptance and and less Judgmental and and more open. So if that makes
0: yeah. sense, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So specifically, speaking in terms of third party, when you began mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. how what, were you shocked by the third party aspect of it? Was that something that you weren't? You were mostly working with you know in the boss and and kind mm-hmm. of I, I shouldn't say typical, but yeah. a lot of kind of what people might think whenever they're thinking of infertility and then all of a sudden there's this third party piece right yeah
1: well that's so much more prevalent it's so much more available yeah. it's so much more widely used maybe widely accepted um and so i think that part has changed i don't know about about being shocked but more um about just how educated consumers and intended parents are Mm -hmm. where before it would be oh my OB said to go to this doctor and then this doctor said I need to do this Mm -hmm. and there's you know we're gonna we're gonna use this one agency and now what I see is that the this educated consumer who is going to talk to her girlfriends and she's going to get online and he's going to do this and this. And so, so it's really exploring and them coming back and saying, well, wait, doctor, you have, we run this test yet. My friend did this. And so sure. There's a lot of that, but I think there's a lot of sharing and talking, which can be good. But <laughs> sharing, but it also, you know, Dr. Google isn't.
0: Oh yes. We, right. we stay away from, Dr. Google. <laughs> from Dr. Google. There's
1: a, there's a sweet spot there. Yeah. Right?
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, I think the other biggest thing we see as far as third party is really a lot. We focus a lot about disclosure. So disclosure, mostly to offspring and disclosure to the kids involved and helping them to understand. So their donor conceived through egg or sperm or embryo that, of course, we are um, I think that we've come full circle as far as mental health. And I see that with the physicians, too. Just such a support um, and encouragement of being open. we you'll hear the term um, early and often, which mm-hmm. means, um, hey, this is just part of their story. Yeah, Let them hear it early. Let them hear it often. And when I started in this field, we used to have to go to special publishing companies to order books or to give these resources. Mm-hmm. And now you go to Amazon, you know, click in. Absolutely. see books, kids, sperm donor books, kids. And it's just, a, you know, just a, a list, which is amazing. And there's new ones every day. Yeah. Um, and so, again, that normalization mm-hmm. for parents who don't feel like, is my kid going to be the only one or made fun of? And that used to be the biggest fear. Mm and 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 so, even if we have someone who starts off with well, i'm I'm not quite sure we're going to tell. Why would we tell?" And when we talk about the benefits and the risks, most of them by the end of the session, will come back and say, "That makes sense, or, because we're looking at what's best for the child, not what's easiest, really, for the parent mm-hmm. or the or, or for the donor. um so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So going back to,
0: um, you know, part of part of third party, everyone focuses a lot on the medical screening appointment, right? Everyone yeah. wants to make sure that, okay, it's a healthy body that can carry your pregnancy. That's That's huge. That's what a lot of people focus on. And it almost feels as though the psychological, it's required by clinics, reputable clinics that there's a psychological evaluation for intended parents Mm -hmm. for a egg donor or for a gestational carrier. Right. And obviously for the gestational carrier, it's a little more in depth because Mm -hmm. you're about to go in a relationship with these intended parents. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not anonymous, although, you know, egg donation is becoming less and less anonymous. Mm -hmm. Anonymous is very in quotes, um, (laughs) um, but that psychological aspect, um, I feel as though it is just as important, if not more, and it should not be observed as checking a box.
1: Yeah. Oh, let me just kind of check the box and go through and, oh, I need to schedule this just because I need to get it out of the way.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What makes that, those meetings, those evaluations so important to this process?
1: Well, I don't love the word evaluation. Okay. What it is, uh-huh. um, in essence. But I think that term, when you, it feels judgy. It feels. Oh,
0: I love that. Okay, right, good. It
1: feels like you're evaluating my ability to carry a child, okay. to participate. Um, and so I always like to start with that and just kind of not really rename it, but but really talk more about what what is the purpose of that session. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you'll hear. So let me back up. So yeah. for, if I, if we have a intended parent, an intended parent to define that as just a, a, a parent, a single parent, a same-sex parent, a couple, a, a heterosexual couple um, who are presenting and needing the use of either an egg donor and surrogate or a surrogate, which is also, as you know, gestational carrier. And so for them, we typically are using the word Consult. So we might use the phrase a psychosocial consult or psychoeducational consult, um, psychological consult. So you'll hear the word consult where it's more of an educational slash counseling session, mm-hmm. and that feels and is different than an evaluative session, which is what you're doing with our surrogate. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned earlier about different clinics requiring different things. And so we see that we have different clinics that may have a different requirement for oh, this is their second round, they don't need to do that, or oh, we need to do the same thing, we're gonna go by the book. Um so it really depends. But what we look at is best practices. Sure. And so again, ASRM has guidelines and recommendations. Mm-hmm. And so they have guidelines or recommendations that they recommend three sessions. One is going to be that intended parent counsel mm-hmm. or educational session. Um, the second is going to be the gestational carrier with her um, partner or spouse, if she's partnered, um, and that's gonna be the psychological evaluation. And then the third session is what we call the joint session. Right. And we can talk about that. So typically <laughs> it's three sessions. Um, the reason that, well, all of them are important, but I'll start with the IP session. So I think a lot of IPs may come in at the very beginning or more like, oh, I haven't done this yet. I need to do the checklist. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful if they can not view it as part of the checklist. If they can view it as part of the beginning of their treatment as as of their journey, and they can do that counseling session initially. I find it's helpful with the match. I find it's helpful for them to really process and think through what is best for them as far as being matched and emotionally. and we so when I meet with an intended parent, we typically have, you know certain issues, things that I want to make sure to cover to make sure that they are informed, that they are prepared, all of those things, right? And so we typically, I start with just hearing their journey and they all have some sort of story um, always. And, um, and a lot of times it's been very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so we, I usually like to just kind of check in with how are they doing? How are they, um, you know, if they've had you know, a hysterectomy and they haven't had a child yet, how are they coping with that? Have mm-hmm. they dealt with the grief and the loss of that? Mm-hmm. Um, if they've had a healthy child and a healthy pregnancy, then they lost the ability to carry or they don't really know why they need a surrogate, but that's kind of the next step. Mm-hmm. So we really like to explore and talk through just the emotions around kind of letting go Absolutely. of them. Yeah. Um, I often refer to something called the grief relief ratio, which is this this idea of I'm grieving the loss of caring, but I'm relieved that I'm not caring or that I don't have to or that someone else will or that I have found someone that will. Mm -hmm. So many of those especially intended moms will say. Yes, I totally get that. Mm -hmm. I'm sad it's not me, but oh my gosh, I might be able to enjoy this journey. I might, I'm not going to be so anxious. And a lot of times, the intended dads will feel a lot of that relief. They've watched their wife struggle emotionally or physically, they've watched her have a traumatic birth or whatever that is. And so they feel some relief that they won't have to worry about something happening to their wife
0: yeah oh gosh yeah
1: yeah so we talk about just the emotions we talk about the grief of not caring and and what would help them to feel as much a part of that journey as they want to Mm -hmm. and um, we talk a little bit about sharing with others many of the intended parents will say i we have been through so much, we're keeping this a little close to the chest. We're not going to share this with everyone because we, um, our parents have already been through so much, mm. or everyone will drive us crazy with all their questions. Sure. Right? very fair. But so, there's a <laughs> sense of protection of one, their own heart, and two, of their families and what they're doing. So, we'll see a lot of times where they may say, Well, we our families know we might or we've told our best friends but not my mom so that's real common so then we talk about what does that look like and they'll often say something like when i feel safe mm. so what is that yeah pregnancy test 20 weeks i've had women sit here at 28 weeks and say okay i think i'm ready to tell people so it's really everyone's so different and taking yeah. pressure off that they have to be excited about it um so we talk about sharing um and then we talk a lot about decision making and preferences. If they're already matched when they come in, then we talk about what was important for them in matching with their surrogate and what what are their preferences for involvement, expectations, um, all of that throughout the the time and getting to delivery. And then a little bit more about expectations of their relationship with the surrogate, the communication level, um, involvement at appointments, uh,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, uh, more decision-making around everything from termination to selective production to how many embryos to transfer to, um, and she have one caffeine a day. <laughs> that. So, um, so that is a lot about our session with the intended
0: Sure, yeah. sure. Is there anything As far as the intended parent is concerned, what is a way that the clinic and the agency Mm -hmm. can be helpful on the front end and maybe throughout the journey when it comes to that psychological aspect, which I feel like is so key in relationship building when it comes to, especially, an intended parent with a gestational carrier?
1: Okay, so maybe two things. Um, One is if they can really encourage, the role of a counselor or the therapist for that session early on. Yeah. Um, I think that's one that might be helpful. And two, I see a lot of times the the agencies doing a lot of surrogate Facebook groups and surrogate um, together, you know, helping them feel that they're not alone and they have a group. And I don't see as much of that most likely due to HIPAA or they live all over the state or across states. I don't see as much of that from the agencies or the clinics of really connecting intended parents Mm. with each other. And it's such a specific. So we, we run, I run a support group, half for 15 years monthly. We're finally back in person. (laughs) um, And it's an open group. It's, it's, It's for anyone who's using a sperm donor or she's doing an IUI for the first time or you name it. it, It's it. It's it. Um, And and so at our last session, there was only one who was using a surrogate. And so uh, and so I think that while she felt a part of it, you know, I think to have someone who is going through that experience, I think Mm -hmm. is really powerful. So I think that might be another thing is really focusing on helping connect these intended parents. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the parents, I want—I don't want to leave out those partners. <laughs> no, but of course. But, um, for those for those intended moms, maybe you have somebody.
0: Mm, that's interesting. It so our agency has, we have those Facebook groups. Yeah. So we have you know with the surrogates we have the Facebook group and it is. Wednesday's bump day. We got photos going and happy transfer day, and you know, asking questions. And we have one for the intended parents, um, but it's not super active. Okay. And I wonder, do you feel like maybe despite how far we've come, it still is not, taboo is not the right word, but I think people are still... Maybe they're still struggling in some way, shape, or form, whether it's shame or sure. just every journey's different. Or you know, I I don't know how you would make that
1: more active. You know, I I don't know. I think that a lot of intended parents will say either during or after it was a very surreal process. Mm. So it's almost like I know it's happening. Sure, I picked my surrogate. We we are we're pregnant but even for them to say out loud we're pregnant or we're expecting um there's also a big sense of i don't want to put it out there yet." yeah you know and so maybe coming to a facebook group or being a part of that makes it real and they're not ready that's interesting i don't know that's interesting um yeah but i i've got several right now who um it's interesting. I have several right now who are using both an egg donor and a surrogate. Mm-hmm. And so that's even, you know, for those women, sometimes even feeling even another sense of removal sure. um, or or worry about connection. Mm-hmm. And so in talking with them, I just happen to have several kind of at the same stage right now. They're very open yeah. to meeting. Um, so I don't know. We'll see.
0: It's almost like, like a you almost need like to do like a dating profile and like, I, almost like match people.
1: <laughs> it is. It, it is. And even a lot will come in and say, Oh, I've reached out to my friend's friend. She is a surrogate five years ago. And so she was really helpful. So sometimes they do that, but that person's moved on and they've got their they're into soccer now. They're in there, Oh yeah.
0: The right? yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, I feel like the journey changes so much year to year. Yes like just the clinic themselves change from year to year and your experience with you know two years ago is going to be totally different from my experience right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay so what about the gestational carrier so i think
1: so what the importance of the The importance of of yes
0: so you know again just going back to I, i as a coordinator, a lot of times those GCs are right. okay. When's the, when's my yes. medical screening appointment? Because th- I know that's the one that right. check, let's go. Right. Um, and so I'm always, you know, one of the biggest things I'm like, well, we have to do this part in order to get, you know, yes. very yeah. step-by-step and it is very important. I think for me as a coordinator, I, of course, we want to make sure that the woman themselves is, Ready and fully understands what's about to happen. Sure. But then I think long term, I know as a coordinator, I'm looking at this is the stepping stone for this relationship that you guys are about to build.
1: Absolutely. So I think when it comes to the evaluation, one is I I would love to say to all this, the potential surrogates, you know, come into come into this session with um being open and forthcoming, but also more of um this this can be helpful yeah like instead of a check the box I have to do this thing and answer these questions and take this long personality step uh-huh. question questionnaire assessment just can what can I get from this how will this help me be more successful and so when I say successful of course I hope that means a healthy baby but to me successful means they have shared their expectations with each, each other, meaning both parties, they have, they are communicating openly. Mm -hmm. Um, They, again, so they know what's expected. They um, feel comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by successful. And so you're right, the stepping stone. Part of the evaluation is, is okay, informed consent. Um, Does this surrogate and her partner so we require husbands, partners um, to be there as well because this affects him um, or her. She has a female partner. But I think really looking at do they understand, you know, most surrogates, let's face it, they've had easy breezy. They've had um or they wouldn't be here. They've had easy pregnancies or deliveries or they've enjoyed their time being pregnant, or um, and so we We want to look at that motivation for why they're here, but we also want to, you know, not to be negative and Debbie Downer, but it may not be as easy as yours were with your first two children.
0: Absolutely. And so,
1: and so, and so I always like to couch it with that like, look, we are not trying to be negative, but we want to help you prepare. And for me, that is part of, or really an important part of the evaluation is how do we help the surrogate or the carrier feel prepared emotionally Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for this journey for the next year and beyond, but at least for the next year. So that so when we're looking at informed consent, does she understand she might have a C-section? She might be on bed rest. What does bed rest mean? Mm -hmm. That means you're not driving your kid to school or giving a bath or going to HEB. What does that look like? You have a husband that works full time. He can't just take off. So Who in the family might be able to help? What kind of after-school program is there? So just allowing them to begin thinking about that. Mm -hmm. These are all things that are going to be in the legal contract. So it's also really nice that these sessions to talk through the decision making um, and things that may come up because they're going to have to really further make some hard decisions and have that in the legal contract. So that can be helpful if they come in going, this is helpful. I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to feel I'm going to feel better. And of course there might be something that comes up and you know we'll talk about that. But basically we're wanting to make sure they're informed. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that they are at a good place to make this decision. Yeah. If they're and when I say stability, that means a lot of different things. Did they just lose a parent Mm. in the last two months? Um, Are they newly divorced? Are they having some marital problems? Um, Was their kid recently struggling with something? So they might be the most wonderful, attentive, loving, nurturing person, but with these different life events that might be happening around them, may not be the best time. doesn't mean they can't come back in six months or next year. So we really look at that stability piece, right? What what would be something that might affect not just their ability to carry, but them? Yeah. So I I think it's important that they understand we're looking at this of what's in their best interest. Mm -hmm. Sure, we want to help these intended parents have a healthy baby, but more so we want to make sure This isn't going to be a detriment or a stressor to affect them or their family. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Look at, you look at that, we look at their motivation. Why are they here? What what, What prompted them to reach out to surrogate solutions or what prompted them to call, you know, is it, oh, my mother went through something or I had a miscarriage and I never thought, oh my, you know, how... How important that was until I went through that, or I'd love being pregnant, but I, you know, don't really want more kids. But <laughs> I want to get this. And so we really, you know, talk a lot about their motivation. Um, we really have that partner there to make sure that, you know, is he on board? Did he want another kid? And she didn't, And maybe he's a little, you know, does he we want to give him a chance to talk through some of that. Yeah. so again, just having this this very positive, stable, um place for them to kind of start this journey. Sure. We of course are going to look at her any postpartum history, her mm-hmm. mental health history. Not as worried about the genetic component. She's not passing that along, but we're looking at um what has she been through? Has she worked through that? Has there been some abuse or sexual assault or something that you know she we haven't unearthed and that hasn't come out and that mm-hmm. we might need to kind of recover that and and explore and talk through that, um, work through that. Um, Again, not putting her at risk. Um, I like to look at what are her strengths. You know, a lot of our surrogates are, I mean, they're really strong women. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we don't really doubt that. So we look at, okay, what helped you get through COVID? What helped you get through your kid's diagnosis or your first divorce? Or um, maybe they didn't have the most stable family growing up how did they grow from that? How did that help them pick a different partner? I mean, Mm -hmm. so some of that, so really kind of exploring some of that. Um, and so if they say, well, we've had counseling, that's great. Yeah. I think sometimes they're a little worried coming into the session, like kind of that judgy, like, am I going to be judged that, you know, my mother was an alcoholic Uh or my, um, I've divorced or I'm single Mm -hmm. or um, and so there's not ever a judging us. It's more about, are, is this, again, is this a good time? Are you able to commit? Yeah, um, will this be a, a you know more of a benefit than a risk to you and your family? So so we we talk about a lot of that. Um, we make sure we also do a personality assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you may have therapists that use the PAI or the MMPI-2 or MMPI-RF, different versions. So a lot of people are like, what is this? Uh Uh-huh. What is this? You know, personality test. Um, I
0: remember sitting there. Right. Thinking through everything and thinking like, I think this is the test that will make me go crazy.
1: (laughs) And I often get, after they finish... Did I pass?
0: Mm, interesting. Am I, am I crazy? Am I
1: crazy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what makes joke around. <laughs> um, so again, we're not looking for crazy. We're not looking for <laughs> pass-fail. We're looking for what else, what other information can we obtain from this assessment that sure. helps us look at how the surrogate, how her mind works, mm-hmm. how, um, what she's thinking, what, um, how she approaches life. What are some potential struggles, whether that's um, addiction issues? Mm -hmm. Um, Is she is she overcommitted to things? Um, Is she struggling with some anxiety? Mm -hmm. Um, Is is there really some really low self-esteem? Does she tend to hold things in Mm -hmm. and she explodes? Um, She's passive aggressive. Um, Is she quick to anger? So, again, nothing's judgy, but we can look at that and say, hey, your assessment says that you tend to kind of push things down, so let's talk about that. Yeah. If you tend to do that, if you're aware of that, we, as you move forward this process, we need you to be up front. If there's something bothering you, or you feel you need more support, or your nurses isn't calling you back, or whatever that is, we... We need you to not keep things in. We need you to call your coordinator, your counselor, you need to talk openly with you know with your in, intended parent. So so we kind of use it for that. Sure. Um, if there's something that is more alarming or a concern, then of course we're gonna come back and talk with them about that. Yeah. So um, so that's a little bit about both of those together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then so typically once we Complete that assessment um, and, and complete the interview with both her and her partner. Um, then we schedule our joint session. Mm-hmm. Joint session. I mean, I I have had, I've seen everything. <laughs> I've <had laughs> I bet you got a story. <laughs> we went camping together last weekend. You know, Or they've never met in person until mm-hmm. they come into the session. Um, I think with COVID, we're just seeing more and more people who are connecting on zoom and telehealth just it just becomes more normal and natural so i'll have couples that even though they might live in houston they've only connected through you know zoom sure and so it might be their first time to come in in person yeah i think it's really i know it can't always be the case but i think it's really important that they connect in person before the transfer Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. that
1: can't always happen but that's Kind of a goal, I think, yeah. uh, ideal. And so, in that joint session, a couple of goals that we have. Mm-hmm. One is that we want to just have very, very clear expectations. Mm-hmm. So, if the intended mother expects that the surrogate is not going to drink more than one Coke a day, and not know that's, I'm just pulling yep, up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> Up recently, <laughs> and um, she can't assume that the surrogate is that. She has no. to be very clear about, hey, this is something that's important to me. um Can you know? Can, can we talk about that? So, I what I tend to see a lot of times is that you've got this this match, and these women are meeting for the first time, or they've met, and they are both. Not wanting to bother the others, uh-huh. I I don't want to ask for that. That's too much. Or I don't want to. Gosh, that couple—they've been through so much. I don't want to put this on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's lovely. But that's, <laughs> that doesn't work. and so I will often bring up, let's talk about some difficult things. How would you both? So again, not being negative, but sure. let's Talk about bed rest. Let's talk about some of the decisions around. Um, termination, and nobody wants to talk about that when we're we're trying to create a life, and everyone is so excited about bringing a baby in. But if there's going to be decisions that around a, a child that is going to suffer or have quality issues or um, is not expected to survive, those are things we have to kind of talk about beforehand Absolutely. to make sure everyone is respectful or at least on the same page. Yeah. And I know you guys do a really good job of that. Thank um, you. We try. You do, because I think people are coming in more educated about what that means. Yeah, of course we're in Texas. That's a whole right. other- Right,
0: Wade opened up a, whole, a whole different level, level, can
1: of worms. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, um, so anyway, so we talk about expectations. Um, we talk about clear communication. Sure. Uh, We talk a lot about the different decisions and comfort level. Mm -hmm. Are you comfortable with both this, both of the, the mother and the father being in the room at transfer? Are you comfortable with them both being in there for an ultrasound? Um, And so really talking through each step, we talk about a lot about the surrogate's children and um has she shared with them yet. And a lot of them have. They come in and they're so excited and they're like I've already told my my kid if they're younger of course they may not truly really get it. For sure. <laughs> uh, but we talked about some ways and we know that our carriers need to have closure and typically they get that by seeing the birth and being there and seeing these intended parents experience so much joy and yeah. that is why they're doing it. Yeah. So what we find is these kids, especially anywhere from three and four to nine and ten, they need that. Mom mm-hmm. comes home and there's no baby and they're like, wait. And so uh, sometimes they take a photo together and they show the kid or they might um, Zoom together or FaceTime together. And that kid gets to meet, you know, Miss um, Susie, who is going to be the, who's the, the mom of this little baby. Absolutely. Right. And so. Yeah. We talk about the books. And so we really help find ways. uh, One, how do we support the surrogate Mm -hmm. and her family?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we help this be positive for her. And two, how do we help the intended parents feel as much a part of this journey? If she, if this intended mother would like her mom to come to an ultrasound, if they want to record voices and let that surrogate play play, the voices, you know, at 20 weeks and beyond, if they want to have the surrogate come to a baby shower, whatever that means. Sure. And sure. So just kind of putting all that out there. Um, and then also really going back to the support. If there's something that happens throughout, whether it's, it didn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life happens, you know, because life right now is crazy in the world. Um, that we have things set up for our surrogate or our intended parents sure. to get counseling or support or whatever that looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know I definitely took advantage of of having sessions post-pregnancy and, you know, I think even during at some point. But um, what do you feel like as far as what would be helpful for intended parents and a gestational carrier to know about maybe conflict resolution? Okay. Because we're on a long journey. Yeah. Even if it's successful the first time, it's still a long journey. A and long then journey. throw in maybe a failed transfer
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, just, just anything.
1: So I think and I don't know if this goes to conflict, but something that, that comes up a lot is and I had this yesterday with somebody. The surrogate is so excited. She her goal is to get pregnant and help this family.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So when there is a positive pregnancy test or there is a heartbeat, she's celebrating. Mm-hmm. She's done her job. She's excited. This is exactly what's going to happen. And yeah. sometimes, like we talked about, those intended parents not quite there yet, uh-huh. protective, they are not quite celebrating. Mm-hmm. They are happy. They want this, but they are so scared. So sometimes it's not really a conflict, but sometimes if we don't address that in the beginning, um, that that surrogate might say, well, gosh, I thought they'd be more excited. Sure. Why are Sure. Sure. You no. Know, and so helping to kind of name that and help them understand that that's normal and expected. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that doing some little things like that to kind of set the tone helps avoid some of that conflict. Yeah. I think it It really goes back to expectations, too, is is if, and you can probably give lots of examples. <laughs> of that you've seen, but but little things I can think of is you know, where they thought, oh, we I thought we'd talk more mm-hmm. um, or or I thought, you know, an idea of what you thought it would be, but you didn't really express that. There was some assumptions. Mm-hmm. So just being really clear. So I think with the like, so let's say it doesn't work like it's supposed to. No one's blaming the surrogate. No, um, she is human. Mm-hmm. She's a woman, and she will most likely question herself and what did I do and what could have I done. And everyone, the clinic, the agency, the IP is going to say, "Oh my gosh, it's not your fault. This the, we know that this might just happen." Right. Um, but I. That's where I. Want the surrogate to use her voice to be able to say, "I'm not quite ready to get started. I I need I need another month, mm-hmm. or I'm ready, but this the intended parent's not quite ready. Sure so that again that mutual respect of I'm ready, but you're not, and let's kind of you know kind of feel each other out. I think using the agency always not makes me nervous, but not love. Our, our our people to have an agency because the agency is is with them y'all are with them throughout until delivery and even beyond and so it's hard when you don't have a third party there to advocate and help and so I always say use your agency use your people right and I think that can be really helpful. Um and and so I think it just comes down to communication. Yeah um I can remember a couple of years back we had somebody and they just felt like they weren't conversing as much and okay and yeah. connecting. And it just turned out that the surrogate was was having some depression that kind of came out of some stuff that wasn't really related to the pregnancy. And she came in and we kind of did just another joint session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it and where the intended parents were thinking, is it us? Did we do something? It had nothing to do with that. It. it was really more. Uh, some stuff that she was dealing with, and she started some counseling, and yada yada yada. My sure, and it was girl, great. Was <laughs> um, and they ended up having—I mean, I think they even did a sibling journey. And so that's when we see the issues when the communication shuts down. Yeah, that's I think where there's more of an issue.
0: Oh gosh, for sure. And it's so, and that group session is so vital to set up expectations of communication. Mm -hmm. Is it text? Is it FaceTime? Is it phone Mm -hmm. calls? Is Mm -hmm. it in person if possible? Mm -hmm. You know, just, just all of that. No, that's fantastic. You've, you've already given so much, just fantastic advice. Is there any practical advice that you would give to potential intended parents, a protection, Mm -hmm. a potential gestational carrier?
1: Um, So a lot of times I'll say there's there's so much as we talk about looking forward. So I'll often say, okay, we're gonna talk about stuff that's gonna happen over the next year. When y'all walk out of here, I want you to go back to one week at a time.
0: Yeah.
1: What's happening this week? Oh, we're done with this. Let's call legal. That's what's happening. Yep. Okay. Next week. We're doing this. The next week, we're doing this. So, because a lot of the co- legal and the joint session and everything is about what if this? What if there's a loss? What if there's bed rest? Yeah, what absolutely. If this? And and getting ahead. And we're talking about delivery. And we're talking about what mm-hmm. breastfeeding. And uh, so let's let's kind of take it back to let's just go one step at a time. Yeah. And so that we're not so ahead. So that's that's one thing. The other thing I see with surrogates and i just feel like surrogates are such a special breed i say just they're not great at taking care of themselves Mm. of course or because and i and i don't mean that in a bad way no no they are so much about giving yeah to others taking care of everyone else um what they're doing just the act no matter if it works or not just the act of of love and the act of, of service and giving. So I often will say to them, you've got to raise your hand, you know, yeah. you're not superwoman, no one expects you to do it all. That's mm-hmm. why you have intended parents and agency and a partner and, and therapists and everybody else. So, So really for them just to recognize you know, it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't mean you're not strong. And I mean, I could say that to every mother, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but I think um, I think that is is really important. And the other thing with that is, intended parents sometimes they like to be helpful. Yeah. So If there's something they can do, whether it's anything, an extra housekeeper, or sends a meal, or an extra phone call, or whatever that is, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that helps them to feel needed. And yeah. And that, I think, and is even
0: more part of the process.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially, you know, I think it's so important for a carrier you know, if it's, if the transfer doesn't work or, or right. something like that, I think it's so easy for a lot of our carriers and intended parents to immediately go to, again, that physical aspect. Okay. um, Do we need to do an ERA? Do we yes. need to, what is, what do medications look like? And I mean, you're kind of just go, go, going and looking at the physical aspect and you're not maybe always taking a step back and thinking, I just experienced a loss. I just experienced- And maybe as a carrier, that was your very first loss. And even despite the fact that it's not your baby, that's right. Like you they just
1: make it just as hard. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. And they feel that responsibility, even though that's uh-huh. putting it, that's just this, right? And so, yes. So for them to be able to say, "Gosh, Whitney, can can I talk with you? I'm really struggling." Yes. Or I'm not. I'm not quite ready. Could we wait another month?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Or can I? Is there someone I can talk to who's been through? Is there another carrier who's sure had this and then was successful? Yes. So I think yes. any of that. Just again, where I'm kind of gently pushing surrogates to raise your hand, ask for help, use your resources, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Okay. We're going to have to have a chit chat again some other time okay. because I really want to talk about the egg donation aspect okay. of it, but I know we're running out of time. So okay. I have one last question for you. Okay. Um, For anyone who knows me, they know that I have a coffee addiction like Noah. Uh, uh, uh. And so at the time of recording, if you can see us, I'm holding my cup of coffee. What? Yes filled your cup this morning whether it's literally or figuratively okay. what filled your cup oh, this morning. Oh
1: my goodness. Okay. Um it started oh that's funny. It started <laughs> with some doggy snuggles. Oh love a doggy snuggle.
0: Um, what
1: kind of dog do A big old lab Oh big old face sloppy snuggles. Need to get up and prepare <laughs> some breakfast. Um I we are sisters. I love my coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually have one at home and then I have one here. Yes. So that's kind of my thing here at the yeah. office. Uh, and so I did have two cups. But one of the things that fills my cup. And so I have two offices. So mm-hmm. I have an office here. I didn't really talk about all that. But I have an office here. And then I have an office um, with CCRM, which is for television. um And the people. Mm. So that in between sessions, I can walk down the hall to a nurse over there. I can walk next door and, you know, like I, I was telling you earlier, I had some kind of heavy, heavy clients, heavy yeah. sessions today. And yeah. but just to be able to have a laugh or to connect or. And so that absolutely fills my cup.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that.
1: And my coffee. And you're and and
0: you're yeah. Okay, so for people who want to find out more about you, you yeah. are memorial wellness,
1: memorial wellness and counseling. I was Leslie Tiller Murphy, LCSW, for, for forever. I don't even know how gonna <laughs> um, So I'm excited because I've just hired a new associate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is a fertility patient, ex-fertility, resolved fertility patient herself, social worker for 15 years. So it's been really great um, adding her. Her name is Kristen maljohn um, and so she has joined the practice and is is learning all about third party mm, and yes. starting to do. Um, she's not quite doing surrogacy yet, but we're working. We're right getting there. To, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> but Memorial Wellness and Counseling, so MemorialWell.com,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and uh,
0: yeah. I am. So grateful for you. I love it, and so grateful for. I love seeing you too. Yes, for those who don't know, Leslie did my um, psychological evaluations or psychological assessments or our chit chat -chat. when I was um, being a surrogate. No, it was really (laughs) lovely. It was really lovely. We made. I mean, we did it at CCRM, and I remember just like, oh, this couch is so comfy. I'm pretty sure I took my shoes off and Uh, just like, yeah, and just hung out. Oh
1: my god! But see, that's what I would want. want.
0: Yes. Be yourself? Um, I, I'm pretty right. sure I very much was. <laughs> I don't think that's shocking to anybody. Yeah. Well, thank you, Leslie. Okay. And I am so grateful for you. So yes, everybody it's check good. out Memorial Wellness and counseling. You have just finished listening to an episode of Me, You, and Who. To find out more about egg donor and surrogate solutions, go to www.createahappyfamily.com.